0: All right, Hebrews chapter 10. Let's just read verse 22. And I've got Hebrews chapter 10, verse 22. I'll read some more as we go through here, but let's just get to this first. Let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. You know what evil means there don't you trouble trouble Trouble. evil doesn't necessarily mean sinful in the Bible much of the time it's just talking about trouble an evil day the evil day cometh when there's a lot of trouble that troubled conscience (laughs) having your heart sprinkled with what what's he talking about well, we'll read another verse here in a minute that'll explain it a little better. But we're still talking about purifying, being pure and being clean. I think it's much needed. I don't think we realize how polluted we are with this world, and how corrupted we are in our thinking, everything about our life. When, when there's corruption, it affects Everything. You know, we don't hardly—we haven't had a mouse in years in the house. The other day, she pulled out a thing and it—uh-oh—a mouse. And he got into one little thing. But what do you do when you find that you've had a mouse in the house, in your cabinet, in your food? There, what do you do? You just—oh yeah, everything is unclean, isn't it? That mouse been crawling all over everything you know he has because he's left his evidences everywhere and they're unclean and so you clean house don't you doesn't matter if it's you throw it out if he's been in it you throw it out you don't just say well that won't hurt too much why well because it's nasty because it could have disease in it Mm -hmm. it could make you sick Might even kill you. There's diseases that are bad enough to kill you from stuff like that. A few years ago, they had to recall a whole bunch of peanut butter because of mice in the plant where they were making the peanut butter. Purifying. Removing foreign or heterogeneous matter. Cleansing from pollution. uh, Fining. Making clear. Heterogeneous, you know what that means? Well, homogeneous means the same thing. Heterogeneous is kind of like the things of our day, you know. I mean, that prefix on that word tells you. It's stuff that don't belong there. It's different than what is supposed to be there. So purifying is when you remove that. You remove what is not supposed to be there. Because it's made everything impure and unclean. A lot of purifying in the Bible concerns purifying of the flesh. The Old Testament laws of purification were mostly concerned with cleansing of the flesh. We preached in Leviticus through the the sacrifices and all a few years ago. It's very profitable to me. It helped me to understand so much. It's very rich. But in that, we read about a woman after childbirth. And I went back and refreshed my memory about that a little bit the other day. A woman, it said, would be unclean for two weeks. If she had a man child, she was unclean for two weeks, 14 days. Uh, if she had a, 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 a maid child, that's what it said, then it's double that. They doubled the uncleanness now say explain that well i don't know i don't know how to explain that to you but that's what god said and that's the way it was there was a time of uncleanness there was a procedure to go through and that was the thing we looked at leprosy and other diseases were uncleanness and there was a, a way to purify be purified from it if the if you were healed of leprosy then you had to go through a process to be purified. That's what Jesus told the leper to do when he healed him, didn't he? Go to the priest. After touching a dead body, somebody's unclean. These are all outward uncleanness, outward defilement. The purifying of the flesh is by washing with water. I'm talking about flesh. It's talking about the flesh. I'm saying that the Old Testament was mostly about purifying of the flesh. This is important. You purify the flesh by washing with water. Is that a surprise to you? What of y'all... Surely everybody here has took a bath today. Yeah. Maybe more than one. Now, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hands. So everybody relax if you're... Uh, but that's how we get clean, isn't it? Yes. We wash with water. And a little bit of soap helps in that matter. But water is essential to clean yes. us up. We remove the filth and corruption of the world and our own flesh by taking a bath. The corruption comes from without and within, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. What happens when you go outside on a day like this for five minutes? What happens if you go outside and you work in this kind of heat? Well, you sweat. You sweat a lot. And when you sweat a lot for a long time, guess what? You're going to stink. And you need a bath. You need to wash off the corruption and the defilement. You're not clean. And anybody that gets near you realizes you're not clean. It may have slipped up on you slow and you can't smell it. I don't know how in the world, but everybody else can, guarantee you. And we all know that. Healing from sickness is a process of purification that God... Built into us by which our body cleanses itself of the foreign toxins or microbes that have managed to get past our natural defenses while walking in this unclean world. Now y'all understand what I just said. We get diseases. We, most of the diseases we get are from germs, bacteria, viruses, things like that. We can get sick from poison also. Just things that are not supposed to be in here. Not supposed to be in our body. Germs ain't supposed to be in our body. There's certain viruses not supposed to be in our body. There's certain bacteria supposed to be in there, yeah. certain that are not. Mm-hmm. And when they get in there, they cause trouble, cause sickness, even death. Mm-hmm. And our body fights those off. God made us in a way that our body can take care of that. And where we need help is when, when, it, when the, the enemy that is invaded is overwhelming our body's ability to fight it off, then we need a little help yes. to fight it off. Right. We don't need something to just make us believe that we're okay when it's still working in us and not right. being defeated. Right. Exactly. Yes, sir. Now that's, that's medicine like it's supposed to be. Yes. That's the physicians that the Bible talks about the good physician, he knows that. This is all in the physical realm. And we're very, all very familiar with this kind of purification or cleansing. The body cleanses these germs, these viruses out. You have to defeat them. You have to kill them. You have to stop them. Get rid of them before you'll be well again. Most normal people you know are pretty sensitive about their physical cleanliness and try to maintain it now most normal people are you can go to Walmart but those are not normal people no. that you run into in there that smell so bad that you can't get near them. let me tell you something Only those with an unclean spirit are not affected by filth and corruption and pollution in themselves or others. There's something wrong with you. They're not just different or careless or, you know, never been taught. There's something spiritually wrong with somebody who has no problem with being filthy. Amen. The New Testament focuses more on the inward purity while not ignoring the outward purity. The Old Testament physical circumcision was a shadow of the New Testament circumcision of the heart. Now, it always carried that significance in the Old Testament as well, but it's made a lot clearer in the New Testament, isn't it? It's spelled out very plainly that circumcision is of the heart. And it always was meant to show that. So the New Testament focuses more on inward cleanliness. <coughs> inward purity. Purity of the heart, the mind, the conscience. The Old Testament laws concerned purification and cleanliness were shadows of the New Testament sanctification of our body as the temple of the Holy Spirit of God and our heart, mind, and soul as the likeness of Christ on earth. We're, that's what this whole thing is about in this dispensation. The church age, the time when the Spirit of God dwells in the believers. Sanctification, where we're, we're brought as I quote so often, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, unto a perfect man. That's what's going on here. That's God's work in all of us, is to bring us to that point. And so the purity of heart and mind and conscience is the most important thing for a child of God in any generation, but particularly in these last days. Everything is so filthy and defiled and polluted. I didn't have to listen to profanity when I was a child or even a young person like we do now. We drive down the road and they've painted it on their signs of their houses. Yeah. We go in a, where did I go the other day? I was in a part store or something and the guy had, oh, I know where it was, up here at Simmons. The guy had a shirt on, had a profanity on it. I didn't have used to look at that stuff. I didn't have to hear it. didn't have to see it all the time. That makes a great difference in how your mind works. I don't know how that I could make everybody understand how important that is. What can we do? Stay away from it as much as we can. Mm -hmm. But we're still going to be exposed to it. Our children are going to be exposed to it. These little children, these little girls gonna be exposed to that filth. When I was a child, most people had the respect had respect enough and regard enough for other people that they did not use profanity in front of women or children. That was just a thing. There's women here, there's children here. They could suddenly they could watch their mouth. Now they can't every other word has to be a profanity. They don't have enough intelligence and vocabulary to express any thought without interjecting that every other word. I can't stand to listen to that. But listening to it, hearing, seeing and hearing vexes a righteous soul. It vexes us. It grieves us. It pulls us down. It darkens everything. The devil uses it to just keep pounding at our mind with it. You get used to it. And you don't even notice it. If you're not very careful. If you listen to it enough, you're just going to start... It's not... It loses, it's shock. Then, you know, oh well, oh well, so what? You're in trouble. You're defiled. You're polluted. Your heart is polluted your mind is polluted and so is your conscience because of that right there your conscience has to do with this battle that goes on between your heart and your mind all the time with what you want and what you feel against what you know and there's your conscience right in the middle of it affected by it so purity of heart mind conscience is a most important thing. And it's a matter that is not being dealt with much at all now in all the churches. Even when it's dealt with, there are degrees of purity that have that people have settled upon that are good enough. Uh, that falls short falls short, far short, of the mark set by the word of God. Pure is pure, not partially polluted. You know? Would you eat brownies that you knew there were mouse droppings in, but there was only one, just one mouse dropping in that whole pan of brownies, how many you want out of the pan? Well, then how can we look at our mind and heart and tolerate the impurity and the filth that's there? How can we allow it to remain? How can we keep letting it in? I can't help it. Yes, yes you can. And you can deal with it if it does. And that's what we're going to talk about here for a minute. Love not the world. Neither the things that are in the world falls on deaf ears. Or it's not comprehended by the hearers for what it really means. Uh, You know, I'm just telling you. This is really weighing heavy on me these days. I just... I know what's happening and I know what's wrong. I don't know if you do or not and I don't know if you'll ever get it or not before it's too late. But this is what's wrong. It's the world and the filth of the world that we're not dealing with and we're not avoiding and we're not separating from. We're allowing it and we're drinking it up and we're getting poisoned by it. And we're getting sick from it. And a lot of people are going to die from it. You understand what I'm saying to you? It's hard to recognize spiritual uncleanness when it's presented to you so pretty and appealing to our senses. But our adversary, he's a master at making evil look good and good look evil. He's all, he is a master at flipping the whole thing so that you look favorably upon what God looks unfavorably upon and you look unfavorably upon that which God looks favorably upon. Is that, did I confuse you? He's good at that. If you, if you do that, I mean, do you ever find yourself on the wrong side of the fence? I, I just can't see the harm in this or that. That's an indicator of someone who has lost their sense of smell for the foul spirit. I just don't see nothing wrong with that. Reason you don't see nothing wrong with most things is because you don't take the long look at it. You just look at the thing. You don't look at where this is going. What this will lead to. What else this will prompt to happen. Therefore you don't see nothing wrong with it. If you have any wisdom from God, you'll begin to look at things and take the long look. Before you swallow it. When someone has an attitude that says, let's just put the Bible aside here and let's just reason and talk about this and think this thing out. No, you're not a Bible believer. If you want to just, let's just don't talk about that now. Let's just sit here and reason about this. This issue, this thing, this opinion. Let's figure it out first. No, no, no. I'd rather we just sit here, if we're going to sit and talk and reason, let's sit and talk and reason with the Word of God right here. Yes. And let's see if what we say agrees with the Word of God or if we're going contrary to the Word of God. Because human reasoning will take you right away from the Word of God. It'll take you to what you desire. It'll take you to what you like. What your flesh, what your heart lust after. That's where it'll take you. Whatever you like, whatever satisfies, pleases you, that'll influence your opinions. That's why it's got to stay under the, under the Word of God because it doesn't change. It's the little things in the world that contaminate our heart and our mind and our conscience and our life. I hope you'll listen. It's the little things. It doesn't take a great leap into ungodliness to corrupt yourself or your children or other people around you. You don't have to do the most heinous sin that imaginable for you to be corrupted. It's the little foxes that spoil the vine. It's the little things. Just like God said here, uh, line upon line, precept upon precept, here, little, there, little... It works the same the other way. It's the little things that pollute us more than anything else. It just takes a little dose at a time of the world. A little here, a little there, a little leaven leaveneth the whole lump. It just takes a little time spent with people who do not love God and who do not serve God and who in reality live as if He doesn't exist. We're around these kind of people. All of us are. We have to be. But to there's a difference between being around them and being an influence or being around them and taking on what they got. You'll get what they got. It's implanted. We're, you know, it's just like... It's, it's, it's spiritual and moral impurity. And that's what we're talking about here. It's uncleanness. And it's contagious. And it gets into our soul just like a virus does into our body. Or a bacteria or a germ. Do you ever know when you got the germ? When you got the virus? You try to trace it back and say, I'll bet us, but you don't know. This Ryan Marlowe, you know, that we just mentioned a while ago, got listeria, and they don't know they don't know where they got it. But look what it did. When they were eating that ice cream or whatever it was, where he got it, did they realize what was happening at that moment? No. Of course not. Neither do you. When, when you're fellowshipping, when you're getting too close, when you're spending too much time, when you're letting down your guard for the world, the world's people, worldly people to say things to you, to have a part of your life and influence you. It just takes a little time. You don't have to spend... That's why God warned His people. And that's why He told them to be separate from the people of the land because what would happen when they got with those people? They would still... Their heart from God. Did it happen? Of course it happened. over and over. And see the unbelievers and skeptics and God haters. They say, "Well, if God can't, you know, if God can't keep them, well, he don't deserve them." You know, if they love them, no, it ain't that at all. It's pollution and filth and contamination that does it. It's blindness that happens because of the pollution, because of the contamination. Blindness of the mind. You can't see. You just can't see nothing wrong. You can't see anything happening. You don't believe anything's going to go wrong. You're just... This is just enjoyable. Having fun. Or, it's just something I can't avoid. I just got to. It's implanted in our mind... You know, when we're not a, this virus and stuff, let me back up here, gets into our body, we don't know when it happens. We're not aware that it's happening and we only find out later when the fever and the sickness begin. And then you know you got it then, don't you? You know something's wrong then, don't you? You know something has got into your body that ain't supposed to be there. It's implanted in our mind in microscopic amounts. And left there to germinate. Wish you'd listen. Wish you'd receive this. Wish you'd remember this and apply it in your life. Oh, be careful little ears what you hear. Oh, be careful little eyes what you see. Oh, be careful little mouth what you say. Be careful little feet where you go. What's going to What? What is it? There's a great danger. You're living in a very filthy place. The world spiritually filthy, dangerous to your soul, dangerous to your heart and mind. You gotta walk circumspectly, not as fools. I say I've said this before, but if we go in a restaurant somewhere and I can smell it when I come in the door, I leave. Mm-hmm. I can smell the uncleanness, and I can't hardly smell. So if I can smell it, I know this is a bad place. Right. A lot of times traveling, you know, we go to the bathroom first. When I see the bathroom, I have left before because if this if this is this nasty, I don't want to eat nothing out of that kitchen. Why? Because I don't want to get sick. No, for sure. Say, so well, it ain't nothing, just a little un- discomfort and stomach problems for a few days. No, 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 it can be much worse than that. Yes, you can die yes, sir. from stuff you eat in a place that's unclean like that. So it's important. If I'm that careful about the physical, why shouldn't I be much more careful about my soul? About my heart and my mind? And you too. Go to unclean places with unclean people and think you're going to be all right. No, you're not. You're going to catch what they got. They're going to give it to you. They're going to give it to you in microscopic little doses. And you're not even going to know what's going on until you see the spots break out on you in your soul. It slips into our heart little by little simply by being around others who have it in their hearts. I'm talking about your heart, desires that are accompanied by feelings and emotions. Drama people spread their drama. Uh, uh, You know, you say drama queen. Somebody, a woman or a man, I don't care who, what gender they are, if that's all their life is about to just it's some emotional you know, ferris wheel all the time. There's something wrong in their heart. Spiritually wrong with them. That's right. They're they're polluted. And they'll give it to you. You know, they'll talk what is drama? It's always talking about somebody else. It's always somebody else's drama, not theirs. I mean it's just you know, they're, involved, they're what the Bible calls backbiters and busybodies yeah. and tailbears, And we're supposed to not have anything to do with that. Right. Why? Because you'll be one too. Just right away, you'll be one too. Right. Your heart, your mind, the contamination shows up, among other things, is drama, strife. You know, if you get sick in your body, you get a fever. You get, might break out in a rash or spots like measles or chicken pox or smallpox or something like that. All kinds of things. When you, when you get it in your heart and your mind and your soul, this is, the way it, this is what shows up. Drama. Strife. Can't get along. Just can't get along. Just say, is there something wrong with Everybody. Frustration, anger, bitterness, hatred. How you gonna? How's hatred gonna be in there if the Holy Spirit of God lives in there? If God is love and God lives in you, where's how, how's hatred here? Outward uncleanness. It'll come out as outward uncleanness. Man, I've watched this through the years. And I've seen this. I've seen people that were clean outwardly just become unclean outwardly. Filthy. Just don't care anymore. What happened? They got defiled inside. That's right. Jesus said, Cleanse first the inside of the platter that the outside may be cleansed also. So there's no such thing as being clean on the inside and dirty on the outside. Or there's no such thing as being clean on the outside. Uh, well, I mean, you can be clean on the outside and be dirty on the inside. But you can't have it the other way. You can't say, the, it's all that matters. God looks on the heart. And if my heart's right, never mind my actions, my attitude, my words, my spirit. Don't pay no attention to that. I'm right with God on the inside and you ain't got no right to judge me. <laughs> that 's a bunch of hogwash. it's a lie and it's the deceit of the devil shows up as hatred outward uncleanness, adultery, fornication, and even murder i mean that's where it goes you go to the go to the works of the flesh and read them backwards i, I, I do that a lot that's a good way to understand your bible. you get a whole new light on everything if you just do that the the Bible's just kind of written that way. You'll understand it a whole lot better. There's a progression from top bottom to top in a lot of these things. That's where it ends. Uncleanness in the mind and heart ends in adultery and murder and fornication. So I would never. That's what everybody says. Everybody says that. Nobody says, that's what I'm going to be. Just watch me. No. They say, I'd never do that. That's too awful. That's too wrong. It's just too filthy and immoral and I would never do that. And then they do it. But not after a process of sliding into the swamp... We gotta rely we we gotta apply ourselves and strive to be pure in heart and mind and conscience. Now this is clear in the New Testament scriptures. There's so much in here about purifying yourselves. Cleanse your hands, ye you sinners. Purify your hearts, ye you double minded. Draw an eye to God and he'll draw an eye to you. James. There's there's a lot of admonitions in the New Testament. In the old also, but in the new, about purifying your heart, Mm -hmm. your mind, your conscience. It's always a charge to us. It's not something that God does for us without our participation or our uh, consent. We're charged to do that. God don't give us a bath. Uh, you know when children are little mama has to give them a bath but there's a point they get to where they mama don't give them a bath anymore it becomes their responsibility I remember some of our kids complaining make him take a bath he stinks (laughs) remember yeah God's telling us the same thing. The only way to have the peace of God is to have a conscience that is void of offense before God and man. If your conscience is defiled, what does it mean? You don't have peace. You can't have peace with a conscience that won't agree with you. So the only way to have the peace of God is to have a conscience that's void of offense. Can you do that? Yes. The Bible's very plain about it. Here we go. Acts chapter 24 and verse 16. Paul said, And herein do I exercise myself to have always a conscience void of offense toward God and toward men. Paul said, That's what I try to do with my life. He said, I watch that. I want to keep my conscience clear before God and before men. I have to do right before God so that I have a conscience that's clear. If God would call me to account before Him right this instant, I could stand there without guilt, without shame. If some, anybody else would call me to account no man would have to accuse me or to lay to my charge. If you have a conscience void of offense before God, you won't have a problem with others who are trying to live that way too. Do you all hear me? Well, I'm right with God, but I'm telling you, I've got problems with them. If you've got, you got a conscience that's clear before God, you're going you're gonna to be drawn, you're going to identify with people who live the same way. And you're lying if you say you have a conscience clear before God while there's obvious uncleanness and impurity in your life. You're a liar. Now the Bible says that very plainly. If If you claim to have a clear conscience before God, but you have contempt in your heart for those who live by higher standards than you do, then you're fooling yourself. And the only way to accomplish this, having a conscience void of offense before God and men, the only way to accomplish it is by applying the blood of Christ to your heart. Now, please listen to me, and we'll be done here in just a second, but... Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 22. This is the verse we read to start with and then I'm going to read some more in Hebrews here. But let us draw near with a true heart. Honest heart. A true heart. In full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. How do you apply the blood? Is that some mystical thing that happens somewhere else or is that just some theory or uh, religious uh, fact that we're supposed to believe that it's some mystical thing no I say no how do you apply the blood to your heart what is your heart I mean I just, I just stress it over and over and over your heart it's your desires. it's what you desi- it's where your desires come from and your feelings which are based a lot on your desires. they're net they're together. How do you apply the blood there? Well there's nothing like being vividly reminded of the price Jesus paid for your soul is very blood. Alright, let me read this verse. Two verses. Hebrews chapter 9, verse thirteen, fourteen. 14. For if the blood of bulls and goats and the ashes of an heifer sprinkling the unclean sanctifies to the purifying of the flesh, how much more shall the blood of Christ who through the eternal Spirit offered Himself without spot to God purge your conscience from dead works To serve the living God. The blood is applied to the heart. By your mind. It's truth. Jesus shed His blood. You know that's a fact. He bought you with His blood. He bought you. You are the price of His blood. Think on that. Think on that. That's how you apply the blood to your heart. Now, just go on with your bitterness and your hatred and your selfish, self-centered hatefulness. Go on. With the blood there? No, I don't think so. I don't think you're going to be able to do that. The Lord's Supper is about remembering. Remembering. His blood and his body, his blood that was shed for us, his body that was broken for us. That's how you apply the blood to your heart. You remember, remember what he did, and compare that to your petty feelings and uh, and your and all of the pollution that you've brought in there with the this one and that one said this and that one and then wants and desires and. It all just fades away. Mm-hmm. It'll all dissolve. It'll dissolve all your negative feelings toward others yeah. when you apply the blood to your heart. Yeah, It'll still your upset heart like baking soda does an upset stomach. The sight of blood is always a very startling thing and it brings an immediate soberness to any situation. Isn't that true? I said this before too, but when when all of our kids were little, it it was always the same. I mean, there could be a lot of noise going on and playing and stuff, and somebody get hurt, you know, and whaa, but but it was a different cry if there was blood. (laughs) If there was blood, it was like somebody's about to die. Mm -hmm. I mean, he's bleeding, he's bleeding, mom. You remember any of that? And it brings a soberness, doesn't it? The sight of blood. I've known people, uh you know, Bill Hanson was a guy in Virginia when and he's like a caveman. I mean he was just he's about as uh rough as they come. But old Bill, if he seen his own blood, I mean he'd hit the, he just passed out cold immediately. On the spot. Went over there one day and he had a chainsaw and he'd cut his boot. <laughs> And he was afraid to look in it because if he seemed if it was bleeding, he's going to pass out, and he knew it. He was the kind of guy I come up on his wife one day, and she had only one arm. that's just another little detail but she had a suburban and it had a flat, and it was jacked up there, and there was a couple of guys there helping her and I stopped and well, they had it pretty well taken care of but old bill when he well, he wasn't there. Jackie was there, jackie Parson he went to Letting it down with that bumper jack, click, click. She said, "Well, Bill, don't do it that way." He said he just kicks it and knocks it out from under there when he's done. Boom. But at the sight of blood, he just passed out. The sight of blood is a sobering thing. When I see the blood, I will pass over thee. There's a lot of significance to the blood of Christ. And it's been distorted, I believe, in this time and for a long time. People don't understand it. It's a cliché and they use it as a some kind of religious saying or thought that don't really hit home anywhere and have any real application in your heart, mind and soul. I'm trying to get this across so that it does here tonight. You apply the blood to your heart. How can, you, how can your heart continue in gall and bitterness when it's sprinkled with the blood of Christ? And that's what we just read in the scripture. Having your heart sprinkle, your conscience sprinkle. Huh. It's your heart. Yeah. In your mind, it's just a thing. It's a fact and it's an idea to just process. But in your heart, it's more than that. Jesus loves me. This I know. How do you know? Because He shed His blood for you. That's how. It'll change everything. It'll purify your heart. Do you get me? Our conscience is purified with the blood of Christ when it is applied to our heart. I hope you can understand that. Now, one thing more. Our mind is purified with the Word of God. Those unclean thoughts that are fueled by the feelings of the heart will be diminished away when we start reading and studying and meditating on the Scriptures. That, that cannot happen without a separating from all that is opposed to God and all that is contrary to His ways. I wonder how many of you read and study at home your Bible. Not just a little devotional book or something that, you know. We read things like that too. But read the Bible. I wonder how many of you do all the time the kids were at home, we had a, a eight o'clock every night we had Bible reading and we sat around the living room and we we'd read each one read a verse as we went through and I don't know how much of the Bible we read that way and talk about it and how many of you do that? How many of you do anything? If you don't do anything except what you get here, there ain't no hope for you. Ain't no hope for you. The world's going to get you. I promise you. You're a goner. You've got to learn to get a hold of the source yourself. It'll never... I can preach till I'm blue in the face. It ain't never going to do you no good unless you start hungering and thirsting yourself. It's the only thing it's the only way to deal with the filth of this world. By the washing of water by the Word. That's how our mind is renewed. The inward man has to be renewed every day. We take a bath every day, don't we? Well, some of you hanging your heads, but I do. Most days I take more than one. And most days I read my Bible more than once. Yes. I don't just catch it a little and that's good enough. you got to do it on purpose. Yes. And and you know what will happen? You'll develop an appetite for it. Mm-hmm. You Your heart will attach whatever you gaze upon. Your heart will attach itself to it. Yeah. You start reading this book and start really getting it and you'll... You'll kind of get addicted to it. Amen. Until we truly make up our mind to follow Christ and leave the world behind, we'll have no peace and no assurance and no stability in our life. All our troubles and burdens are because we will not come out from among them and be separate. Galatians chapter 6 and verse 8, For he that soweth to his flesh shall of the flesh reap Corruption, But he that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap ever life everlasting. So if we don't come out from among them and live separate from the world, we will surely harvest a crop one day that we're not expecting. I've lived long enough, watched this long enough to see what happens. I promise you, that's what will happen to you. The crops are gonna come in and you're gonna be shocked. Because you weren't expecting that. I didn't plant it. No, the enemy did while you were asleep. While you were happily, gaily living life and laughing with the world and lapping up the world's fare. The enemy so tares. If you're a true child of God, you'll have a desire to be clean before God. You'll also have an awareness when you're not. I think I mentioned last week or week before about David in Psalm 51. That was his desire all through that psalm. Clean. Purge me. Cleanse me. Create in me a clean heart. uh, Purity. He had a desire. Because he knew he was was polluted. He knew that he had been defiled. And it was his fault. But he wanted to be clean again because he knew how it felt to be clean. Some people I don't think have ever even known what it's like to be clean. Spiritually. Have a conscience void of offense before God and man. There's three verses. Let me read them and then I'll quit. Titus chapter 1 and verse 15. Unto the pure all things are pure. But unto them that are defiled and unbelieving is nothing pure. But even their mind and conscience is defiled. 2 Timothy chapter 1 verse 3. I thank God whom I serve from my forefathers with pure conscience that without ceasing I have remembrance of thee in my prayers night and day It's first Timothy chapter 1 and verse 5 now the end of the commandment listen to this the end of the commandment this is uh, think about what that means that's this is what it all amounts to this is what we're heading for should have in our sights. This is what we ought to be striving toward. The end of the commandment is charity out of a pure heart and of a good conscience and of faith unfeigned. I don't know why anybody would want to live polluted when you can be clean. I don't know why people are so careless about it and so unmindful of it. Don't you realize what it's going to bring about? Eventually, you're going to have problems. You can have your kitchen sink pretty messy for a day or so, but if you just leave it that way for two weeks, you're going to have big problems. It's not just going to be a stinky sink. You're going, to have, you're going to be sick, mm-hmm. it's going to be putting th- people in danger. Think about it. Do you all get what I'm trying to get across to you here? The world is going to get you. Yes. You better watch those touch points with the world that we all have, you better watch them. You better keep them in check. You better, you better rule over your spirit. You better have the gates and the doors closed and locked. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for the Word of God. Thank you for the morning. Hear it again tonight. Please help us. Oh, Lord, please help somebody to hear this and turn away from the dangers of the, that this world presents. The defilement, the filth, the contamination of our soul, our heart, our mind, our conscience. How can we serve you if we're polluted within? How could you use us? How could we be a blessing? We can't. How could we escape from the awful consequences of this? We can't. Unless we turn to you. Unless we... Follow the scriptural advice here tonight about cleansing our heart and our mind and our soul, purifying ourselves before You. Help us, Lord. I pray it be understood. I know it's a, it's kind of a hard concept to get across, but I pray, Spirit of God, You would do that and clear it up in the translation in Jesus' name. Amen.